Hello, welcome to the Daily Cron for Monday, February 25th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. On this movie Monday, I want to talk a little bit about a documentary series I've been watching on Netflix called The 2000s. Now, they have a bunch of these for different decades, like the 80s, 90s, etc. But specifically, I want to talk about episode, season one, episode eight, I Want My MP3 of the documentary series, The 2000s. It's like a 40-minute episode, and it really, it really goes into the that period of time and uh, from you know 2000 2010 and how music and the music industry fundamentally changed we had the change uh from big pop acts like Britney Spears and boy bands in like 2000 to like the rise and dominance of hip hop that i think continues to today we have the decline of of the rock star essentially and they argue in the documentary even that <clears throat> that rock and roll kind of stop doing what it normally does in a politically charged time became kind of numb uh and a lot of music became escapist because of 9/11. This was a period where you had the Napster, MP3 players and the iPod rise of prominence and all of these things contributed to a a drastic change in the music industry. This is when that we were undergoing that transition that <clears throat> that takes us more into where we are today. Where, you know, and it's hard to explain to people who weren't there at the time how all, how all this stuff felt and what it was like. And this documentary does a good job of that as far as it goes. Uh, for me specifically, I mean, there's so much you can talk about this, but I guess uh, I'll talk a little bit about the Napster, MP3 Napster stuff, because I think that was, that was a big thing for me. And a little bit about the, I think, the, the Times and uh, especially the album, the album American Idiot by a green day that they they actually mention here <clears throat> but the political times then were also something that needs to be taken into account so back then uh back then everything was still cds right i think we all knew this uh, even if you weren't around then buying music you know that you know cds were a huge thing but when when napster became available it it was a revolution now for me personally i was not a big music consumer before college, really. I, even to this day, I don't really go to big concerts. I never really liked that. I, in high school, I, I was not plugged into the popular culture at all. I wouldn't say I'm plugged into it now either, but I wasn't then, especially, uh, you know, unusually unplugged from that stuff, I think, for a teenager, because I was an introverted computer nerd. I mean, I was, I was, um, you know, more into, uh, things that are more mainstream now but weren't then i guess like i was more into anime i was in the anime club <laughs> back then because we had a club you know watching dvds on a like on a friday night instead of going to a concert with people i'd be watching anime in the anime club and uh you know we had that i had uh i would be doing gaming gaming with my pc we'd have the land parties you know where you would actually bring your computer over to someone's house and plug it all together and i'd be doing that kind of stuff playing D D type games once in a while video games and that kind of thing so basically all this more stereotypical nerd stuff and that doesn't mean you can't listen to music, but I just wasn't really plugged into that that whole scene. So when I got to college, though, uh, you know, I basically asked friends or you know college friends, I was like, hey, you know, I don't really know anything about music. Help me out. So they uh, they started giving me recommendations, and I was able to find those things on Napster. So that was how I was able to access this music because I I couldn't afford to buy CDs all the time either. I had to be very selective about the CDs I was going to buy, and uh, since I wasn't really plugged in. To everything. I didn't have a car. I wasn't driving around listening to the radio. I wasn't even hearing the top 40 lists. 
I actually remember going on on the web and looking up top forty lists just to find out like what's popular and then going downloading them to listen to it. And so so Napster for me was opened the door for music for me. It let me experience a wide variety of music, things from you know the the far past, you know, f- from my perspective, you know, even things like you know like like the Beatles and and early you know rock and seventies rock and roll and and hip hop from like the nineties and I think I listened to grunge after <laughs> grunge had gone away for the most part. <clears throat> I think I was introduced introduced to Nirvana in probably the two thousands. <laughs> I was so out of touch, but the uh, I I got to hear you know the the current stuff and the old stuff and the thing about Napster at the time, for those of us that lived through it, it was it was a it was a a moment where the, you could see this confluence of technologies that allowed something very new to happen that was not possible before. <clears throat> so when you got, to, I was in college at at this time. And when you went to college, you had this was the time where we all started having high speed internet access. And when I was at home, I was an early adopter of cable modem, so I had it at home too. Before that, I mean, you know, downloading stuff was was slow. Like I, you could still use it, and I think I still used it when I had a modem. But once you had access to high speed internet, I mean, that's why everybody jumped aboard at the college scene because we all had these fat connections. I remember all all the debates about. How much bandwidth at college campuses is being used for file sharing? It was like it was a big deal, <clears throat> but but Napster let us uh, explore these musical tastes we had never done before. But I always felt a little ambivalent about it because, yeah, I mean, the copyright holders for the most part had not put their music on on Napster. However, when when however when like a group like Metallica sued Napster, they they really. <laughs> galvanized opposition i feel like there might have been a time period where where you know you could convince people that i don't know maybe maybe this isn't what we should be doing i don't know but then when metallica was like no shut it down basically and, and the music industry just wouldn't listen to uh you know to any other counter counter offer you know the to you know to maybe embracing this concept when when that happened like a, a lot of us just i think they lost like an entire generation like they just turned against the main mainstream music industry. <clears throat> I mean, I remember these animated flash videos. There were caricatures of Metallica, and I think Lars was like crawling on the ceiling or something. And they were they were they're very funny. If you remember Fire Bad, it was as like a meme back then. Like you know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I remember I didn't even buy a Metallica album for years after that because I because I was mad at them too, just like a lot of people were. Because for us. During that that period, it was such a revolutionary change. It was so much better than what we had before, uh, and it coincided with the rise of MP3 players and this ability to carry all this music around with you, to be able to find whatever you wanted. I mean, I remember arguing at the time, like I just want to buy music online, and I I don't want to be spending twenty bucks for a CD to get like the one or two songs I want. That's what everybody wanted. That's why iTunes, when it eventually came about and was selling ninety nine cent singles became gigantic like almost overnight like everybody was 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 um getting on that game because that's what people wanted and it took years of pain and suffering of the music industry for them to finally come around to it but they did but at the time man they even mentioned this in the documentary napster could have been itunes years before itunes um i mean it could be it would be a very different world if if not for because i mean a very different world if itunes wasn't the didn't become the dominant force in music 
um, I don't even know if Apple would be as big and dominant as they are now. Maybe they still would be. And the, the iPod was definitely big. But once you had the iPod and the iTunes store together, that that the the ease with which you could get music onto your devices really changed with with that store. But anyway, the uh, the time at the back of the time with with Napster, I remember they um, when they got sued basically to oblivion. <laughs> and we we all started using these. Uh, they don't mention this documentary, but the, after Napster basically got got hammered real hard and and it was like obvious they were losing especially after that 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 court ruling that said they had were violent copyright a lot of us we all moved to these alternative napster systems that were peer-to-peer so we were we would so peer-to-peer means like we there was no central server there was no one company that any that they could sue so the idea was well they can't sue us out of existence because it's just all of us are individual computers and and so you would you would connect between each other and and download and the the peer to peer thing became such a big deal on on campus that like th- there was all this debate about how much bandwidth is actually being used for this stuff. And then the I remember uh, and they probably still get them today, but I remember because I worked in the IT department. You know, you would see copyright um, notices come through once in a while for people sharing stuff through these uh, through these peer to peer networks. Uh, it was wasn't just music. I think movies became really big, and maybe even the biggest thing on these systems after a while, uh, when you had high speed at, at you know internet, internet access at, on college campuses. But uh, you know, it was it was like it felt like you were kind of at war with entire industries at the time. You felt like you were you were subverting the man. You know, you said, "Oh, the big bad music industry doesn't understand this digital distribution model, and they're 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 putting their heads in the sand." Well, screw them. You know they're not going to stop this, and you know, you know, eventually they'll they'll come they'll come they'll come around, and they did eventually. But that's what it felt like. That was kind of the attitude at the time. Was like, you know, we're we're right, you're wrong, you know, screw you. But it misses that it was actually very harmful to a lot of a lot of you know perfectly fine companies and artists too that lost a lot of money. That's true. Uh, I think that the transition was always going to be difficult, but it didn't have to be as hard as it was. I think the transition was inevitable though. Uh, I do believe the music industry, and I think in retrospect, I think that's the consensus that the the music industry screwed up. Like they should have raced as fast as as humanly possible to embrace this new distribution model, uh, and they could have had more control of it because by the time they got on board with iTunes, Apple had way more leverage, and they were able to dictate terms that maybe the music industry didn't like. But you know that's all all in the past. That's why there's documentaries, and <laughs> they're really fun to look at, and, and and kind of remember how this stuff happened. And the other thing that was at the time that I think is really important to remember is 9-11. 9-11 uh, was an event that if you didn't live through it, it's really hard to communicate what that experience was like. Now, I did not live in New York. I know people who were in New York at that time, and it was way, way more traumatic for them. But it was a traumatic experience for everyone. Okay? I remember being home the the week that that happened okay it was absolutely terrifying like like there were no like for days afterwards there was no planes in the air and it's bizarre you've never experienced that before you know uh, the idea that you just heard nothing except for like military jets occasionally uh i remember the uh just just the news going on the loop all the time and it was terrifying and then they they invaded you know afghanistan and that was scary in itself. Uh, and so, like, you were, 
everybody, as they, they mentioned in this documentary, people are looking for an escape into music and the popular culture. It takes a few years for the stuff to really come around. Uh, by the time you had like Spider-Man come out, and you know, then we we started and, and uh, you started having some of the, the later albums coming out. Uh, a few years later, that's when the Iraq War was was you know going on, and so the Iraq War, if you were young enough, like I was at the time, you were literally afraid every day that you were going to get drafted. Because they were politicians, both sides of the aisle were talking about it all the time. Like, we need to bring back the draft. We need to bring back the draft because Republicans, I don't know, they they thought they they you know we needed more people, so it should draft. The Democrats thought people should be drafted so that it would hurt. Basically, the argument was it would make communities be against the war. Like I, li- <laughs> because all of your young men would be going to to combat for no good reason in their perspective, and so you would. You know, so then it would galvanize, you know, people against it, I guess. It was it was scary where, you know, wherever you turned, it was like, they're going to, they're trying to kill us, <laughs> you know, just because we're in our 20s. And uh, it was terrifying. You know, the threat of terrorism was a real thing. Uh, the government response was so intense and somewhat understandable at the time, but uh, still like way overboard. Like we were, we were constantly on high alert because of the rainbow of fear. <laughs> Back then was what we called the uh like that that chart that like what the homeland security had <laughs> hell the the creation of homeland security i remember was was like a very controversial thing <clears throat> anyway, but uh, during all that time, you know you were looking for an escape, looking for artists to help process that and for me uh and for a lot of people, I believe you know American idiot when that album you know came out uh when when was American idiot released? Uh, two thousand four, yeah. So two thousand four, you know, we're talking about rock wars in full swing. We have, uh, you know, we have the George Bush reelection, and so yeah, that was kind of the definitive statement of that decade in a lot of ways. And it was the album that uh, really spoke to a lot of us at the time because it it. It examined all the all the aspects of that kind of insane time period, and it, it helped you know it helped it helped a lot helped us all process the time, and then along with that, you also had a lot of uh, other popular culture, um, you know, uh, tackling the issue in different ways. And this documentary goes into a lot of this, which is really fascinating. They talk about like how country music reacted to it, popular music, rock and roll. Um, aside from American Idiot, they 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 make the claim that rock didn't really the rock numbed itself at the time, which I guess is a fair critique. I'm not sure how fair it is. I'm not an expert in the, the time period, but um, but when I think back, I I do like American Idiot is huge, but I I don't actually remember other albums that were as big at the time. So maybe they're right. Uh, I do remember Dixie Chicks <laughs> and them not not liking George W. Bush and then getting like their career obliterated for a while. Uh, it was weird times. It was strange times. It was scary times. Uh, and it was a time period where I can't believe we're in 2019 now. There's a lot of people that don't remember it, like kids that weren't old enough to, you know, to remember 9/11 or a lot of this stuff, or that frankly weren't even born yet. You know, so that's amazing. Like, uh, you know, when I go down to the campus now for work, you know, there are kids there that don't really 
remember this stuff. They weren't there, or they were really, really young. So was it 2019? Yeah, so actually they weren't even... Yeah, there's college kids now that weren't even born until after 9-11. So it's it's totally worth checking out this documentary series. And if you're into the history of music, uh, this particular episode is great. But there's stuff on TV, on the on like politics there. They uh, they go into a lot of stuff. And I also looked at uh, the 90s episode a little, the 90s episodes a little bit, some other stuff. The Besides the music one, I really liked the episodes on television. Uh, because uh, uh, television has also undergone a, a tremendous change over the the decade, uh, and that's definitely worth examining as well. Because it can, it can inform you as this as this episode informs our present day, where we have streaming services and YouTube and uh, lots of indie artists trying to find a way of making money and less giant record deals, and uh, and it's just a very different world in two thousand. Same thing happened with television and movies, actually. You know, especially television underwent a great shift. And so now we have all these various streaming services coming online, which is basically just an evolution, in my opinion, of of where we were back then with, like, the rise of HBO and of these cable networks trying to create these more um, targeted, uh, more niche, but, like, you know, uh, products that came out of, like, the Sopranos being big and... and uh, the I think the the this this there's so much stuff happened in 2000 2010 during that decade that that continues to impact our popular culture today. It's definitely worth reviewing, especially if you weren't there or don't remember it that well. So anyway, that's my recommendation. Check out the documentary series The 2000s on Netflix, especially episode eight. I want my MP3. It's a, a good listen. If you have any feedback about it, you have your own stories from that period of time, like. You know, what did you think about Napster? Uh, let me know. Why not? Uh, all the contact info is on the website at dailycrompodcast.com. There's an about section. You can go in there. You can you can find links to social media. You can send me an email, whatever you want. You can also find find me on uh, Facebook, you know, the Daily Cron Podcast on Facebook, and uh, also on Twitter. So, okay, so that's going to be it for today. Uh, we want... A little bit long, but not too bad. Not too bad. I hope you have a good evening, good morning, afternoon, whenever you listen to this, and I will see you next time. Keep the lights low.